Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is presented by UF Health. UF Health has locations throughout Florida, including Gainesville, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Leesburg, and the Villages, and we're growing. Compassionate care and world-class outcomes, that's our game plan. Visit ufhealth.org to learn more. This podcast also brought to you by Pet Paradise. For pet fanatics like you, there's only one place who goes all out for your pet the way you do. Boarding, grooming, day camp, and veterinary services all in one convenient location. Pet Paradise and New Day Veterinary Care. Finally, complete pet health care is here for Gator Nation. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from my office here at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. All around the swamp here today, they're getting ready for the big game this weekend against Tennessee. Beautiful weather on campus, and uh, obviously our buzz continues during this homestand and great to come off of a win against McNeese. Had a great time starting this podcast up in a different way, and I want you to know that I welcome your feedback. My Twitter, I guess I should say X now, is at Sean Kelly Live, S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y. L-I-V-E. And the same goes on Instagram, too. Love to get some ideas from you. Have you liked what you've heard so far? Is there someone that you'd like to hear from here in Gator Nation right here on the Gator Tales with Sean Kelly podcast? This week, pretty cool lineup. Uh, Soccer-wise, we get our first visit with Davion Avaka, who is one of many newcomers to the Gator soccer program that has Samantha Bohan's team off to a pretty good start this fall. And uh, Davi is a really interesting visit. She comes to us from BYU. She's a graduate student, and uh, I'm really eager to share her story with you as well. Speaking of stories, um, Jeff McGrew has stories. Jeff McGrew is the director of football equipment. We're going to go inside the football equipment room this week and hear a little bit about what it takes to get the Gators on the field for football, about Jeff's run here with the Gators, which is now longer than two decades. And then we'll check in with one of the guys that he serves, Austin Barber, offensive tackle for the Gators. He'll be our first visit here in just a moment. A couple of things about the calendar this week. Um, again, these visits that I have on this podcast, I want to be evergreen. We can check in with them at any time. But specifically, though, if we're talking about this week's schedule, football, as we mentioned, at home against Tennessee, everyone is to wear blue. That's the word. Got it. Volleyball is home this weekend on Sunday against top-ranked Wisconsin. So it's going to be number one versus number three. Your football ticket gets you in on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Um, cross-country's home this weekend. Tennis is in action. And that and the uh, soccer team is up against Missouri on Friday night uh, as a lot of the uh, championship teams are reuniting this weekend across several different sports, and that includes soccer as well. Okay, let's get to our first conversation today. That is, again, Austin Barber out of Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Trinity High School guy, academic honor roll in the SEC, accomplished that last year. He was a college football news freshman All-American and a former high school basketball player, too. So without further ado, my visit this week with Austin Barber. First thing is, why do offensive linemen always make the best interviews? I mean, I guess everyone likes them. We're all likable people. Sometimes you see us on the field not likable, but all the everyone I talk to says linemen are the nicest people. Austin Barber is who we're talking to, Florida offensive tackle. Um, Austin, you're like one of the most experienced linemen that the Gators have coming back this season. Even Coach said he thought of you as a starter last year, 
and now you and Kingsley have to anchor this almost brand new group. Yeah, I think uh, last year I got my feet wet a little bit, and now I'm stepping into that that role, and I feel like I'm, you know, helping like be a leader on this team with Kingsley and definitely the O line. We we're trying to bring these guys together as, as quick as we can because we got some big games coming up. Somebody asked me the other day, they saw you with your hat on. You always have your five equals one hat on, and so they want to know what's behind that. Are you ready to share it? Yeah, so I take pride in, in that because, you know, five guys, five people on the offensive line equal one unit, and when we all do our jobs, we do our best. And, you know, Coach Sale and Coach Sale preach it all the time, and, you know, I wear it with pride. When you guys spend time together, is it always collectively as a group, and, and how are you spending your time together? Uh, yeah, we spend our time. We try to get together as much as we can, all the offensive linemen. But, you know, I hang out with Jake the most. Jake Slaughter is one of my guys. Hayden Clem as well. Those are the two offensive linemen I hang out with the most. He's no Cala guy. Tell me about home for you, and, and is there any rivalry that goes on between you guys based on your high school days? Yeah, definitely, because me and, me and Jake played against, against each other my junior year in the playoffs, and he beat me. And then my senior year, I beat him to go to the state championship. So we always talk about it all the time. Did you guys play both ways back in high school or just offensively? Yeah, me and Jake both play both ways. So I blocked Jake my junior year and he blocked me my senior year. Oh, okay, well, so what, what is the Jake Slaughter trick? Like, what's the thing if you guys have to go head to head in a blocking drill or in a high school game, you better be aware of what? His strength. He'll just try to push you as fast as you can, as strong as he can. He's, he's really strong and, you know, he tries to use his power for, for his uh, – for something. What would um, what would our defensive lineman tell me about you? Um, that I I work hard. That I you know I think I have some fast feet. I got good athleticism. They think I'm good with my hands, and that's what that's what I think the R defensive line would say about me. So how can you be such a nice guy when you have to be so mean on the field? I got that switch. My parents always taught me that uh, you have to have a switch, and they said uh, if you switch it on when you're not playing ball, you're doing something wrong. So. When did that conversation take place? I think it took place nearly like freshman year of high school because that's when it actually started getting serious and playing offensive line. Did you ever get to play another position or were you always just bigger than everybody else and therefore you've been a lineman from the start? Yeah, since about seventh grade, I was, I was defense and offensive lineman. When I was younger, playing a Pop Warner, I was a running back, a quarterback, and playing linebacker too. I used to be fast. But then I hit a growth spurt and got a little bit wider. A little bit wider? Come on now, Austin. I mean, you've got to be, what, about a size 15 shoe? I'll take a 16. 16 shoe. How hard is it to find shoes like normal people do? Yeah, there's. I can't wear some of the Nikes I see some of these people wearing around and some of the Jordans, so it's, it's not fair. It isn't fair. So how do we make up for it? Find some slides. That's why I like to wear the best. These slides that I have on and the Jordan slides that they give us, I love it. That's why I like getting all the, the stuff they give us because they find my size. Yeah. Are, what's been your experience so far with the NIL space? Um, positive? Nothing at all? Do you really even care about it at this point? There's been positives. You know, the thing that we have at Florida Victorious is always good for, good for the whole program. And, but, you know, I don't really try to text all these companies and stuff like that like some of the athletes do. And, you know, I kind of just, if they come to me and it's a good deal, I'll do it. You know, I'm kind of focused on football. That that will take place in the off season. Yeah. School-wise, where are you at right now? Uh, school's going. School's going good. School's going? Yeah. Come on now. Be a little more specific than that. School's going good. Uh, I'm taking ed sci education science. You know, I don't really know what I want to do after football. But, you know, I think there's always a possibility of me being a coach, you know, 
hopefully hopefully I can coach in high school. That's what I really want to do. But you know, I wouldn't mind coaching in in uh, in college. Rob Sale. Speaking of coaches, um, do you think you'll remember him for the coaching part of it or for other things when you eventually leave this place? Honestly, I think it'll be for other things because he makes sure that you know there's a relationship outside of football and. That's what I really like about this coach stuff. There's, there's always going to be a relationship outside of football. Okay. Uh, I, when, when I talk to a guy your size, I have to know, is, is the big meal before a game the night before or the day of the game? And regardless of when it is, what is the meal going to be? Yeah, it's definitely the day before the game. If I eat something that, that big right before the game, it's, it's not good. So for when we do pregame meal, I do the steak, the pasta, the mac, the mac and cheese, and I throw some hot sauce on the mac and cheese, and then I always got to throw some greens in there, so I get like a Caesar salad. When you go home, what do you ask for the most? Steak. If I go, if I go back home in Jacksonville, I'll have my dad or my mom either take me to a steakhouse or cook a steak every time. Please tell me you're a ribeye guy. Oh, that's all I eat. Yeah. It is the king of all steaks. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear about that. Uh, does it matter what size? Um, what, how many ounces are we looking for here? Uh, it just depends on how I'm feeling because sometimes I'll eat two, eat two normal size steaks or one big steak. I mean, if I'm going out to eat, I'm going to get the biggest rib, boneless ribeye. Um, our visit comes during Tennessee week, and thankfully here at Florida, we get to have several of these weeks during the year where, you know, it would be a quote-unquote rivalry game. Um, the fans are really fired up, obviously. Uh, the Tennessee game has always come early in the season. Coaches, I know, has talked to you guys in the leadership council about this. Um, do you guys feel it as players, and if so, how? Yeah, you, you feel this, especially playing in the game last year and how it ended. And, you know, there's always – you just if you grow up a Florida fan, you see how, how big any rivalry is in the University of Florida, especially Tennessee. You know, it's – you just see the hatred they have for these teams. And, you know, I'm, last year I, play, I played – that was my first SEC start – was against Tennessee and in Tennessee and you know I felt the rivalry I felt the hatred and you know I'm biting that I'm itching for it I'm, I'm ready for that game you're a Florida guy you grew up in Florida as we talked about um, so playing for the Gators and then knowing these rivalries matters but Austin we're here in this day and age where with the transfer portal and everything else guys can come into a program and be new to a rivalry like this do you think we've we're losing something with regard to building up a dislike for another team because guys are a little more transient now? No, uh, not here at UF, in my opinion. We, we talk about rivalries as much as we can, and we, we talk about the significance of it. And you know, I think we do a really good job of teaching these young guys and these new guys that we have in that we don't like teams that we play. Like, there's rivalries in there that have been going on since the 70s and 80s. Like, we're, we're doing a really good job of letting them know that we do not like these teams. Um, what goes on that I don't know about on the line of scrimmage? What do you mean by that? Things that are said, moves that are made, stuff that goes on in the pile that because I was never a lineman I wouldn't know about. Uh, just know we get down and dirty in there. That's all I'm going to say. Is, is everything fair game at that point? Oh, yeah. I mean, if the ref don't see it, it's fair game. Worst thing that's ever been done to you would be what? Ever happened to me? Uh, somebody spit my face. On the, it was it was it was one of the games that I played in last year. 
did spit in my face. And you really can't do anything about it, can you? Because uh -uh, if you retaliate, you're the one that they don't see the spit. You're the one that retaliates, they'll get you. Yeah, I don't know. I think I might take the penalty flag, but you're a better man than me. Last thing is this. If I asked you when you first came here what the number one reason why you came to Florida was, and if I rephrase the question now, would they be the same answer? And if they're different, how would they be different? I think they would be the same, honestly, because I came here because I grew up a Florida fan. My whole family did. I know the tradition. I know, I know what I've grown up, what I wore, what I bled when I was younger, and I couldn't see myself anywhere else. I love that. I don't want anybody spitting in your face anymore either. Thanks for the visit, Austin. Of course. Thank you, guys. All right, so I stopped by the Gator Sports Shop just off the uh, north end of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. I need to check on a few things in here. This is Steve Young, by the way. Steve, by the way, when did you first become a Gator? Um, well, that's a long time ago. My parents went to school here. So you can say I was born into it. Yeah, I was, yes. Uh, and, and now you're, you're running the Gator Sports Shop. I yeah, mean, I'm one of the managers here, yes. Yeah. It's a dream come true for any Gator, right? Yeah, I've been uh, working here since 2006. I enjoy every minute of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, we're surrounded by orange and blue. I have to ask you here, early in the football season, what have been, uh, what have been the big sellers here so far? Well, right now it's, it's uh, hats. Um, jerseys, always a big seller. Um, and this year, the black jersey is the one that's flying off the shelf because oh. we've never done that here before. The one we're going to wear against Arkansas in November. Correct, yes. Okay. Now, I'm looking over. I see Emmett Smith's jersey, Jack Youngblood, uh, Steve Spurrier. Oh, of course, you know, right. Uh, are there any current player jerseys for sale? Uh, no, but if they are on the NIL list, um, you can get one made. So jerseys and hats so far. Right. Yeah, that's our main staple. Um, T-shirts. Hats, jerseys. What's the oddest, oddest thing you sell in here? The oddest thing I sell? Um, probably a pencil. <laughs> you have Florida Gator pencils. Florida Gator pencils. I have uh, koozies that have bottle openers on them. I've got Andy. Um, playing cards from past players. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, not that the past players use those playing cards. These are playing cards with their name and number on them. Right. Well, it's actually like a collectible card. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being that guy right now. Um, so this particular week, they're encouraging fans to wear blue. Have you been selling a lot of blue for uh, the big game this Saturday? Uh, yes, we have. Uh, and all, all of our uh, outdoor stands during game day will have plenty of blue for purchase. Um, did they tell you you have to sell a certain percentage, or is there a quota of blue that you need to meet this week, Steve? No, not really. But, you know, that's a lot of pressure. The sell, the better. <laughs> Appreciate the visit. I hope it's really busy in here this week. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Go Gators. Go Gators. Jeff McGrew is the director of football equipment. By the way, what year is this for you now here at UF? Uh, overall, this is uh, season number 22 for me, including my student manager years. Do you even remember the first year at this point? I do. It, it was wild, uh, you know, coming in as a student manager and not really knowing what you're getting into at this level. Um, yeah, at, at the time, I was like, man, I don't even know that I can handle this. Just the hours and 
this and that. And, uh, you know, it, it was a crazy year. Uh, Ron Zook was the head coach. And, uh, you know, 22 years later, I'm still here. How many head coaches now have you have you made your way through? Can you, can you count them up? Yeah, I believe this is Coach Napier's number six. So Zook, uh, Coach Meyer, Muschamp, McElwain, Mullen, and now Coach Napier. Unbelievable. You know, most everybody I've met in your position – truly has a mentor there was somebody that brought them along in this business um who was it for you i i mean for me um i mean it would have been i mean there's n- numerous different people that got me to where i'm at uh you know a guy named bubba uh faniel he was the head equipment guy at the time when i started and there was a connection to my dad and that's how i got hired in here uh, but Jason Baisden, who was he was the assistant at the time, and then he took over the head position. He's the one that hired me as his assistant, yeah. and uh, kind of really got me going in this industry. What What did you learn from them that still applies two decades later? I mean, the biggest thing I know, uh, you know, when Jason took over, our goal was to try to change the view of the equipment room, and uh, you know, we, we we did a ton of different things to kind of streamline us to newer modern age i guess and you know not the old school of just passing out teas and stuff and uh you know we kind of really tweaked a lot of things and i think that kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes like wow you guys got a ton of stuff you guys organize you're on top of it this and that and you know today's operation it's so big um you know the, our staff is big we got tons of students we're taking care of more more people in football than we ever have. So being organized, being detailed with every little thing, um, not procrastinating on tasks, staying on top of that stuff, those are pretty much things that have stayed true the whole time, and it's probably even more important now than it ever has been. Unbelievable. All right, you mentioned the staff. Give me an idea. How many people do you need to pull this off with a roster of nearly 120, a coaching staff that's – and, and support staff that's north of 40. I mean, we're talking about a couple hundred people that you're taking care of. So how many people are on your staff making that happen? You know, to make it run smooth and efficiently the way, you know, coaches want and, it, and the, to be able to handle all the needs for the players and make sure that everything is running smooth for practice, game, just day-to-day. Like, we have uh, four, five, five full-time people, including myself, and um, – you know, we're all kind of in charge. Uh, my assistants are all in charge of different areas, respectively. You know, like one guy's main focus is the helmets. Uh, we have another guy that handles shoulder pads, cleats, different things like that. Um, and those are big things because you got to put the time and effort into the little details to make sure that everything is properly fitted and, um, you know, everything is safe and checking them, respect or uh, doing inspections and uh, for repairs throughout the day, throughout the week. Uh, so th- that's like my full-time staff. And then I want to say we have 15 student managers on scholarship. And then I think another five to seven that are volunteering. Um, so it, it takes an army to be able to run this place uh, to make it run smooth and efficient. And it, it's everything, as you mentioned, from helmets to socks and then some. Because I watch you guys roll these trunks out. There's like, here's the weather trunk. It, Here's the cold weather stuff. It just it never seems to end with you guys. It is. Uh, I mean, there there is a ton of different things, and it we kind of joke about it, but like you know, we built this new equipment room in this facility, and it, it's a good size equipment room. But you know, the idea is every year there's going to be something new kind of added to our plate, or 
you know, just the way everything is innovative and moving forward, yeah. uh, it does seem like just about every year there's something new that's like, oh, hey, we got to figure out something for this and where we're going to store this or that or whatever. So um, we keep a good detailed list of all of our road game stuff and we have a big check off and that kind of gets modified and adjusted year to year based off of what games we're going to and um, but yeah, it's like I said, being organized and detailed is probably the most important thing to kind of help us, um, keep running efficient. Yeah. I love numbers. So like something like a helmet though, is pretty easy for me. Like every player gets a helmet. They probably have more than one helmet. Um, so let's just say two to three. What I would love to hear is like how many pairs of shoes, you know, how many different, how many socks are ordered in a year? Do you have those numbers off the top of your head? Oh, uh, you know, as far as shoes go, I mean, there's kind of some different things for staff versus players, but we generally kind of start the staff out with two pairs of shoes. Coaches will get like maybe one or two more pairs. And then players, you know, when they check in for fall camp, we usually put together a little gear bag and they'll get a pair of retros for that. We'll do a pair of retros for team travel, usually another pair for a bowl game. Um, we have lifting shoes. We have turf shoes that they'll wear in the off season when we're training. Um, then we'll do, you know, at one point the whole team will get another pair of retros in the spring. The winner of the spring game will get a pair of retros, and then the winning team over the summer will get a pair of retros as well. So there's a lot of different retro Jordans is what we're talking about. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Re- retro Jordan, which is the you know the obviously the Jordan line. Um, that we, uh, we have to, uh, the big kick with these is you have to order them about 10 months in advance. And it's like, they'll kind of send us a release of all the new shoes that are coming out 10 months from now. And that's basically the window that we have to place that order. So kind of, you're kind of guessing in the dark of, you know, with the transfer portal these days, so many players are leaving, you're getting new players and you just got to kind of hope that sizes kind of match up. Same thing with staff. There's a, you know, you have a year where there's a lot of turnover, a coaching change that kind of throws everything out of whack. And um, so you just got to stay on top of it. And we will order extras of, you know, pretty much every size that we do just to kind of help cover those uh, possible changes that might happen. And you didn't even mention game day cleats like cleats for this kind of turf, cleats for wet, cleats for snow, you know, whatever. So, I mean, if you start doing the math in your head, we're talking like you're probably approaching thousand shoes a year pairs of shoes yeah uh, it's i would say it's probably more than that um you know I, I couldn't give you the exact calculation but it's it's a lot you know when you talk about cleats um we're probably in the ballpark of five to six pairs of cleats per guy per year um uh, you know we usually kind of start them out with two pairs for training camp and then they start breaking in a pair of game cleats and then we just kind of go through that throughout the season and uh, rotate things down from game to practice yeah. as needed. Uh, some guys will wear the same pair of cleats all year. Like, they get them broke in. They don't want to change. And then you get some other position-type guys that they prefer to wear a newer-type cleat, I guess, that's uh, not broken as much, still kind of feels new out of the box, uh, slightly broken in. So it's kind of very, very different per guy, and yeah. um, you just kind of – you got to hope that you order enough on the front end because it's very hard to get them. Uh, if you run out of something, it's, I mean, those shoes don't get made just like that. So no. it's interesting. Like Khalil Jackson, it was like you almost 
you guys almost had to pull his shoes away from him because they were so beat up and he would never let the old ones go. And then I've seen some of these linemen, they, they literally sweat through a pair of cleats to where they're unusable after a game. Speaking of individual guys, you know, everybody remembers Tebow with the eye black and the Bible verses written on the eye black. And can you think over the years, and let's not do current guys, but can you think over the years some guys that had some really kind of quirky, individualized equipment requests for you? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I can't really think necessarily right off the top of my head of anything specific, but every year you have some a player that, you know, this is my lucky shirt right. or these are my lucky shoes and things like that. So, like, a guy will want to wear – we generally have, like, a practice uh, strap that has, like, their compression shirt and girdle and all that kind of stuff. And then we have a game set that's already pulled and ready to go. We get some guys that are like, I have to wear this for practice and I have to wear it for game day or I have to wear these gloves. Uh, you know, I remember back uh, Reggie Nelson um, when he played here – he, uh, like most guys, we do a practice gloves that kind of get beat up and throughout the year. And then we have a brand new pair of game gloves for him, but he wanted to wear practice gloves for like every game. And I was like, all right, man, if, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do. But he would always wear his practice gloves instead of the game. And there are some guys that still do that today. But um, yeah, every every year there's something, something slightly this guy wants this particular thing for this or that and um nothing probably i mean obviously you know tim and his eye black and everything that that was kind of a big thing but um yeah you get a lot of different stuff yeah um you and i were sitting in your office a week or so ago and the rule book came out and i thought gosh in all my conversations with jeff i'm not so sure we've had the rule book come out but we've had the rule book come out because you guys have as much to do with the playing rules as anybody else. When when you think about what you and your colleagues talk about, whether it's different equipment staffs at different schools or at a convention in the summer, what are the things that you guys talk about that you wish fans could realize goes into equipping a team for college football? Well, I mean, in, in the modern day and world, you know, you got social media and it's with everything. Uh, you know, people are quick to share their opinions on stuff and this and that. And, you know, guy guy blows his cleats out and somebody's on Twitter saying, equipment guys, can y'all do your job or this and that, you know. It, it takes hours and hours and hours and hours on the front end, behind the scenes that most people don't know um, what all we do. And it's not just our department, video, training room, strength and conditioning, all, all these different departments um, – what you see out on the field is kind of like the final product, but there is just tons of investment on the front end that most people don't realize uh, that we put a ton of time into to make sure things are as perfect as possible. But just like with anything in the world, like I mean, you're going to have issues, and that's why we have backup trunks with backup cleats and backup uniforms and things like that because things happen, and you know you got to be prepared for what might happen, and you know just be ready to go and make that adjustment as quick as possible. Jeff, thanks as always. No problem. Thank you. Well, as I like to do every week, I come out and I hang out at the Bullgator Plaza, corner of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Uh, My dear, what your name is? Paris. Paris, where are you from? Um, West Palm Beach, Florida. Nice. You appear to be a student here at UF, right? 
first year, you said? Absolutely. Congratulations. Very cool. Very Thank cool. you. Um, what do you know about this uh, bull gator statue here that you just took your picture with? I don't know much, actually. Yeah? Is this your first picture with this? This um, is Ray, by the way. One of my first, yes. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about Ray. Ray actually once ate three Tennessee volunteers in one day. Did you know that? Wow. You, do you believe me? I, I don't quite. No, I didn't think you did. Uh, nonetheless, pretty cool spot here. Um, are you excited about game day? Are you a big football fan? Yes, I am excited about game day. Okay. Have you, I know it's your first year. Have you established any uh, game day traditions yet? Um, haven't quite, but I'm interested in learning in a lot of them. Okay. Okay. Did you go to the first home game of the year? I haven't gone to the first home game. I oh. went to volleyball instead. Oh, you did? Okay. So what did you think about the girls and the way they played? They dominated. Oh, God. When I tell you every round they went and they just dominated, absolutely amazing. I highly recommend girls volleyball. Their team is really good this year, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely. So you know they're going to play the number one team of the country coming up this weekend then, right? Yes, and they're going to be the number one team in the country soon. I already know that. When did you become such a big volleyball fan? Uh, a few days ago. A few days ago. <laughs> Perfect. I'm so glad that you are cheering them on. And, uh, and good luck with your first year here at Florida. Thank you. Well, dear listener, I'm not so sure you've noticed or not, but an influx of a lot of great new talent for Florida soccer has resulted in a very good start to the season. And in that mix is a veteran newcomer, Daviana Vaca, who comes to us from BYU. Daviana, congratulations on a good start to the season. We're certainly thrilled to have you here at the University of Florida. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Let me just start with a simple question. Why Florida? Why did you choose Florida for your graduate student work and, and finale of your collegiate soccer career? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, first off, Florida was nowhere on my list when looking in the transfer portal. I actually told Sam that her email was in my junk. Like it was in spam and I, and I never look at spam. And I was like, oh, like Florida, like maybe I should just give this a chance. Um, when I got here, just the recruiting and obviously the facilities, I always tell everyone that it's such a professional environment and to be around even Olympians, Ben Shelton, the tennis player that's been doing really well, like it really made me want to come here, just like wanting to be great and be like everyone around me. Let's dig into that a little bit. You mentioned that you feel like you and your teammates are treated like pros at Florida. Mm -hmm. Will you help fans understand what that means. And, and, and I'm asking because, you know, I mean, you've, you've kind of, you've played on the international side as well, which I guess would be the closest mm -hmm. thing to the pro circuit. So I think that you have perspective there. What is that perspective? Yeah. Especially coming from BYU, I think I can compare the two differences and between the two, I would say um, the resources like our nutritionist that travels with us, our strength trainer, Caitlin, who also travels with us. And we never had that at BYU. Both of them never traveled with us. Um, and just being able to do regen after every, every game, um, travel days, we never had that. Um, what else? Um, the schooling, like the school's amazing. Um, uh, one of the top public universities I saw recently and I think that's awesome um as well as just recovery we have everything you could possibly need um Hevner the new facility that was built 
we can eat there any time of the day. We don't have to pay for anything. Our fuel card, we get money on the weekends. We can also go to certain places, just stuff like that. I'm fascinated with a lot of things about human behavior. One of those things is how people deal with change, Daviana. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with a couple of things here. Obviously, different color uniform, different school, uh, different mm-hmm. style of play in the SEC as opposed to what you had out West. Um, different in that probably I'm guessing that you've never been away from your twin sister this long, nor have played separately from her. Is that the case? And and how have you dealt with all this change? Um, I dealt with the change pretty, pretty well, um, better than I expected. It was super hard to leave home. I get super emotional about this. Um, just having a twin sister for 21 years and being able to play on the same team our entire life. And we've been super lucky to go to a division one college, the top soccer program in the nation and playing together. It was super hard to leave her. Um, you know, like no one will ever understand the, the chemistry and like just the bond that twins have. It's something that you can't explain. You just have to be a twin. Um, it was super hard for the both of us. I think we both struggled at first, um, back in fall camp and just, um, spring season and stuff. We were just preparing for it. We were like, oh my gosh, um, this is way harder than we expected to be apart, you know? Um, but that was super hard for us. Um, I was more so super worried about the humidity coming here and playing in the humidity. I was super worried about it. It hasn't been super bad. Apparently that apparently it gets super hot, um, these couple months, but I've been doing really well. The SEC play is definitely different. Got a taste of it. Um, these preseason games, but it's been really good. If I ever get to meet your sister, I'm going to be sure to tell her that um, you uh, had a very wonderful emotional answer about being apart from her and you put humidity in the same conversation. So, <laughs> you know, that that's that's, I think, a credit to uh, our humidity here. <laughs> um, yeah. It's interesting. You and I both come from big families. I'm the oldest of six. Uh, you and your twin are the youngest of eight. Is that correct? Of eight. Okay. Yes, I'm I'm the last one. I'm the youngest. She was born a minute before, and the ratio is seven girls and one boy. Oh, my. Does the boy mm-hmm. play soccer? He played football growing up. Me and my sister are the only ones that played soccer. We were um, we were a basketball family, our sisters. I was going to say, was there one sport that you all could compete in together? And how close are you? You know, the oldest is how old, and, and then you and your sister are how old? Um, The oldest is, I believe, like – upper 30s 38 maybe and then the youngest would be me 21 okay so pretty nice we, spread there yeah it's a bit yeah big spread the next one above my sister and i might be like five eight years older but we're all really close i would say that the girls are obviously closer than what than we are with our brother but we are we all text every day we watch each other's games and stuff let's talk a little soccer and your role in this mm-hmm. team um, I, I guess growing up where I did, where soccer was very important, I, I have a good base knowledge, but when it comes to <laughs> kind of like the level that, that you and your teammates play, I'm lacking a little bit. I have a pretty good idea on what a center back is, but a lot of our fans may mm-hmm. not really know what that position is. Could you help us understand the role of a center back on a soccer team right now? Yeah. So the role of a center back basically is just, 
um, to kind of direct our back line. We are the, we can see the entire field in front of us. So we can like yell at wingers, anyone, anyone in front of us, we just direct them where to go. Obviously our goal is to keep the ball out of the, the goal. Um, most of the time we're the most vocal on the field. Um, we just try and be a brick wall basically. You were more of an offensive player at BYU, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, fun fact is that this is my first actual college season playing center back. Does that make you a better defender because you know the other side of it? Uh, I would say, yeah. Like, um, I was a forward at BYU for two years, and then they put me at outside back for the like most of my career at BYU. Um, center back was my secondary position, so I, I really like – center back is my favorite position out of all of them because it shows – all of my qualities like I'm comfortable on the ball because I've been in pressure situations as an outside back and then I can just dribble like I'm a forward okay let's say you meet a new friend on campus okay they have mm -hmm. they they like soccer they're going to come see you guys play for the first time um as an insider like you are what would you tell them to watch for in watching a Florida soccer match like Hey, I want you to root us on, but hey, keep your eye on this. You might find this interesting. What would that be? Um, I would say to keep your eye on how fast we're able to transition. And when I say transition, just like if we lose the ball, how fast we can get it back. We're a very gritty team. Um, we have this blue collar value that we have. It's just to like slide for every ball, just win every ball we can. I would say just look at how fast we can um counter and win those balls great insight i would want to watch mm -hmm. that specifically um what will be next obviously we're you know we're such we're such at the start of a new adventure for you but if you look beyond what will be here for you in gainesville florida what what do you have your eye on Ooh, i i think after this game we just played against florida state like we put on we put the world on notice that we're not we're here to stay like we are very excited about this sec conference like we could potentially be winning the sec um conference which is what i have my eye on is to and that's my next goal is to get us to win this conference and then hopefully go in the tournament i love it i love it that's mm -hmm. actually a little bit more near future than i was anticipating your answer to be yeah. which is outstanding have you always kind of mm -hmm. been that way have you always been in the moment or do you also have a long game are you a planner uh, i'm not really no i'm i mean i have goals i'm not a planner i just it's funny i like if you were to ask me who we play i would probably be like i i don't know because i just show up to these games and i'm like ready to go that's the type of person i am let me ask you this uh, and then we'll kind of get get you back to where you want to be on, on this particular day. Um, I know you're new here still, but have mm -hmm. you found a favorite non-soccer spot? Have you found a hangout spot, uh, whether it be on campus or around town? Mm. I haven't found, I mean, I like to hang out at um, Havner or building, uh, but I would say like a food place is Hana. Is it Sushi Hana? Hana's grill. Yeah, I my friends and I love to go there. I crave their sushi all the time. That's a good spot. Your your age group loves sushi. My daughter is near your age and man, they, <laughs> they can't they always whenever they get to town, what's the best sushi spot? Which is not something yeah. my generation did a whole lot of. So 
Yeah. Pretty cool I really stuff. wanna being here in the south, I really want some seafood. I'm a seafood broil girl, but I haven't had any yet here. We'll find you some, Davion, I promise. <laughs> I'm sure I'll find some at a football tailgate or something. <laughs> We love having you as a Gator, and I hope that you have a wonderful season ahead of you. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. All right, so that's a wrap on Gator Tales with Sean Kelly, episode number three. As always, thanks to our terrific sponsors, UF Health and Pet Paradise. Big thanks to our guests today, Austin Barber, Jeff McGrew, and Daviana Vaca. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great week wherever you get to celebrate the Gators. Do it. Busy weekend on campus, and we'll be looking for you on the radio too. Shane Matthews and Take Casey and myself excited about this weekend's broadcast of Gators football versus Tennessee. Otherwise, go soccer, go cross country, go volleyball, of course. Go tennis too. All of them are in action. And then we'll be back again with you next week for another edition of Gator Tales with me, Sean Kelly. Until then, so long for just a while, and go Gators!